you thankful this morning to have a place to come that miracles can take place creator himself can walk up and down these aisles and touch our lives and touch our hearts that God that knows all the ins and outs the ups and downs he knows God that's full of compassion and grace and mercy in fact the writer warned us warned his hearers not to become frustrated with God's goodness. The goodness that He's willing to show on individuals that sometimes we have a tendency to want to mark off. <laughs> that even society would say, you know what, society would be a lot better without them. We'll try to bind them. We'll try to do this, do that. The lunatics are proof of that. They try to bind him up with cords. Methods, means, politicians try to do something about it. The medical field that was there tried to do something about it. But there was only one. And because of his goodness. His long suffering. <laughs> Amen. But guess what? It was the old lunatic that came running. Came running. You and I can make bad decisions. Go down bad roads. But I'm going to tell you what. It's nobody, nobody like this God. Amen. To show us compassion and mercy and grace and give us the opportunity to come back and call on his name and to, for him to hear our cry. He practiced it time and time again with Israel through the Old Testament. You think it's going to be any less than the New Testament with Jesus Christ and with the grace and mercy and truth that was brought through Jesus? Thank God for that grace. Lord, help us not to frustrate the grace of God because it's by his grace that I'm here this morning. His care, His love, His compassion. We serve an awesome God today. We serve an awesome God. For the most part of the world, it's not going to realize it till it's too late. This church is going to be snatched and gone. For some reality is set in. Others will scream and curse Him. But the Bible says that every knee is going to bow. And every tongue that's going to confess. I want to do it now out of free will. Not out of a forced will. I want to be persuaded this morning. He's a sovereign God. Hallelujah. God bless you this morning. Thank you for your prayers. Let's continue to pray for those. We had some standing in for some with COVID. Let's also remember the Cooley family. I forgot to mention them. But let's continue to pray for them at God's time of loss of their second son and um, just a lot of things going on a lot of things happening but if you read revelations we're still nowhere near what it's going to be like the deaths in fact I can take you back to Moses that 40 years of the wilderness where they speculate some a couple of million people and those that was 20 and above that all except two died in that 40 year in that journey that means they was having two or three funerals a day for it to reach that point in place in the 40 years that or some fell to the wayside by the hundreds praise God
you know what? God's faithful. And God's going to see his church through. I'm glad to be a hold of something this morning that's genuine, that's real. It's powerful. It's beautiful. Hallelujah. And that's what we need to let the world know. Because <laughs> there's no Savior like Jesus Christ. When he pours his favor and his spirit and places his hand upon us. You've never been touched until you've been touched by the Lord. You've never really had a visitation until you've had a visitation of the Holy Ghost. In the presence of God. You really don't know what peace and comfort and joy is. Until you experience what he has. Amen. God bless you. Let our classes go back. It's good to see each one of you. And appreciate all of you. Appreciate our Sunday school department. Our Sunday school teachers. Uh, the effort and energy and time it's spent to try to put the word of God into our children's heart. Oh, it's so important. It's always been important. But as time goes on, it's became more important to plant the true word of God into the souls and the hearts of our children. We're living in a world today that's becoming so, so caught up in herself. Imaginations and really say who but somebody showed me a text just this week about some events that's going on in our school system I don't believe none of ours surely not none of yours wears a dog collar do they they doing it though supposedly dog ears walking around barking like dogs and growling like dogs and to act like beast which is leading to something else now the Bible talks about that the Bible talks about that you know it's one thing a one or two year old may act like that occasionally but I tell you what I've become so serious about some of this and I've told you this uh, I, I would let my boy float around with dolls too much and, and I would let him float around with putting on dresses and but neither did I let my little girls amen I want them tough but I also want them to be a little girl that's how serious the world we're living the spiritual world that we're living in and you give the devil an inch he'll take a mile you open anything up to him I'm telling you they're doing their best to implant and doctrinate and and overwhelmed. The spirit of iniquity is working on every hand. But you know what God is to? His mercy and grace and compassion to, to minister and to operate through us and among us. To give us revival. Give us deliverance. That's our heartbeat. That's our desire. As our lesson has said it today. What God says is true. There's nothing going to change this book. Is forever settled in heaven. I thank God for the power of it to change me. I'll say again this morning. I'm glad I come to the church to be changed. I didn't come to the church to change the church. Now they some come to change the church. Because they were sent of a different force. A different power. Some of them was actually demonical. And sent by the devil himself. Some a man just out of lust. Because they was unwilling to die. Out of that lust. They want to change the church to believe what they believe. Look like they look, dress like they dress, walk like they walk. Hmm. 
But I'm glad to come to church, amen, and I believe you are too, that I'm glad to come to be changed. And not just <laughs> about 45 years ago, but that process has never changed. I'm still glad I'm coming to the church to be changed. I'm still glad he's still working on me. And you know what? I have a feeling we'll be a, a working progress, amen, until we leave here. He'll constantly be working on us. What a God. What a Savior. They could very easily in that garden that day, because the Bible says he knew the end from the beginning. He knew that we'd be here today. He knew we'd be facing what we're facing today. The trials, tribulations, the devil himself, all the creation. He, he knew. But that's what makes God, God. That's what makes him that sovereign God. That's what makes him, man, to let the course play out. And that's what makes it so beautiful that whenever you and I begin to turn our face toward him. And with honesty and with sincerity in our hearts, our minds and our spirit. Jesus, we need you. We need your favor. We need your touch. We need your anointing. We need your guidance, amen, to be in our lives and to help us. That's the reason he sent the prophets. That's the reason he sent them to Israel, speaking to them. He'd tell the prophets, he said, hey, I'm sending you to some stiff-necked, hard-headed people. They're not going to hear you, but I'm sending you anyway. He said, I want to send you just like in a briar patch. Anybody ever been in a briar patch? I'm talking about a briar patch. I ain't talking about these little knee-high things that we get into. I'm talking about briar patches. It's got briars. It's got, it's got, I'm talking about they're so big, they look like, almost like trees. Hey, I've been in them. I've been in them where they are six, seven, eight feet tall. you're thinking that this is about the craziest thing to do after a goat a wild goat at that <laughs> and them old briars they're so tall and hey the thorns are sticking out on them they've never seen nothing man if they alive could talk they say yeah when you start trying to push your way through them son they begin to wrap around you Hey, I've come out there, son. I'm talking about blood be running out around your ears. I didn't want pierced ears, but I died them a few times. <laughs> Look like that bulldog got me instead of the hog. But that's what he told the prophet. He said, you'll be as though you're in briars and thorns. And, oh, there was times when those prophets even just want to crawl up in a cave and die. God, I'm done finished man <laughs> I've had enough just let me die but God said no no so I still got some business to take care of besides he said there's about 7,000 hadn't bowed I'm glad I'm still you know among some folks we haven't bowed we haven't give up we're going to fight this thing to the end we're going to do like the apostle said amen we're going to finish this course we're going to hold on to the faith we're going to fight a good fight you know, sometimes a good fight doesn't necessarily you, you won. That's right. Sometimes a good fight is, hey, you've done good, just stay in there. 
I heard it one time, and I, I've never seen it, never watched much of that, and got into it, but boxing. Uh, but I remember a, t- a story was told about, it was Muhammad Lee, changed his name, but he was still, I think it's Clashes Clay or something, I believe is what he called his 71st come out. And said he was in, a, in the ring, and I forgot who he was boxing against. I don't know it well enough. And, but anyway, he said, man, he said, said it, it, was a, it, was a, it was a real boxing match. So they was beating the daylights out of one another. And said, oh, Clash of Clay got back into his corner. And said, he told, he told the manager, he said, cut the ropes, cut, cut the strings on the boxing gloves. He said, cut them. He said, no. He said, no, man. He said, you're going to win. He said, you're going to, you just get back out in that ring and just kept on at him the whole time he's there. And he's telling him, cut him, cut him, cut him, cut him, man, cut him. He wasn't going to get up. He wasn't going get off that stool. And his manager picks him up. Throws him in the middle of that ring. And there he is standing out in the middle of that ring. He said, he's just standing in the middle of that ring. He said, all of a sudden, here comes a white towel from the other side. Come floating down over him. His manager. We got the greatest manager that's ever lived and ever been he knows all the ins and outs. He knows the devil. He knows every battle, every storm, every circumstance, every situation. And he promised he wouldn't put on us more than we can bear. Now what we bring brought on ourselves, guess what? He also promised, he said, if you'll bring that and cast it at my feet. For the magnifying of his name, I'm just going to hang in the ring. I, I may have to bounce off the ropes a while, and I may have to stagger around, but I'm not getting out of the ring. You know why? I'm telling you, everybody stays in the ring. I don't care how many black eyes you've got. I don't care how many bloody noses you've got. I don't care how many times the devil even knocked you down on the mat. If you'll just get back up and just stay in the ring, stay in the ring, stay in the church, stay in the ring. I'm telling you, you're going to win. Ain't no if and end, maybe about it, honey. You're going to win with Jesus Christ and with the Holy Ghost. So sometimes it's God and the Holy Ghost, the Word of God, and preachers have to just sometimes take you by the nap of the neck and the seat of the britches and say, you're not getting out. Just get back in there. Can't help but think about... Brother McCain, how many of you remember him preaching about Levi? Well, boy, you're saying, preach all this ain't in the Bible. No, I'm getting there. God knows what he's doing. You see, we can relate. Don't, don't be offended what I'm fixing to say, okay? You hunters and fishers especially. I was in a hardware store just the last few weeks, and I may have mentioned this already, I don't know. But I'm just going to tell you our mentality. We've elect, and I'm talking about in general in America, we have, we have, we have treated God like God understands, and, and we could just do what we want to. And if we'll just do how we feel, they'll tell you, said, you, you don't have no business about. What's two topics they don't want you to talk about? What's the two topics and the two most important governments in, your, in the world in, in this life? Your government from the White House and state officials and the church. 
And they don't want you to talk about it. See, that's what the devil, he, he, wants, he wants to quiet and he wants to shut all that down. You let everybody by themselves work it out. I'm telling you, you can't make it by yourself. I'm telling you, you cannot say you, know, you and the man upstairs can't work it out by yourself. Because God set up a fivefold ministry and a body that you got to become a part of. And without coming a part of and stay with it, you will not be saved. They don't hear that anymore either. They don't want you to say anything about you going to hell. But I'm going to tell you what, evil hearts of unbelief is going to go to hell. Disobedient to the word of God, you're going to wind up in hell. I didn't write that. That's not my words. That's his words. I'm not telling you my words. I'm not giving you my judgment. My judgment don't matter to nothing. My opinions don't matter to anything. But whatever this book backs up. There it is. So anyway, but I couldn't help but just a minute ago think about Brother McCain talking about old Levi. <laughs> he got cut up so many times and I remember that one particular story you talked about, how that, that old hog had, had cut him down. He said by the time he got there, and old Levi was laying off. He said, but when Levi heard Brother McCain, said old Levi kind of picks his head up and looks at him. He said he just managed to get back on his feet. <laughs> and I can't remember, it seemed like his brother Spears with him or somebody. He says... He's going to try him again. And he said, if he does, said, we're going to nail him. Talking about the hog. All that Jesus needs is for a church. Says, you know what? I'm going to try him again. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm talking about trying Jesus again. But also, just said, I'm going to take you on again, devil. I know you knocked me down and it hurt. And I, but I'm going to get over the hurt. And I'm going to get over the bruising. And I'm going to get over the shame. But I'm going to get back up one more time for Jesus. And I may be staggering. Hallelujah. I may be staggering. I may be wobbling a little bit. But I know one amen can move on my behalf and instantly put an energy and a life and a help in me. That medicine can't do it. Why do you think everybody's using drugs? Trying to cope. Trying to live. Trying to always be on the mountain. Trying to always feel good. Tell you what, they ain't a better feeling than getting drunk in the Holy Ghost. Ain't nothing out there can top it. Maybe I get on a lesson, I don't know. We'll see. I just be I don't know nothing about drugs. I've never fooled with them. And that was just the goodness and mercy of God. There's just some lines I draw even as a teenager. Uh, you know, and I've been pressured. I had a guy one time, man. Yeah, like, you don't beat me up and all this because I wouldn't smoke pot with him. I said, I ain't smoking that. But the other buddy said, Leave him alone. He ain't going to smoke it. And I wasn't. They couldn't help me down. They were too, they too they weren't big enough. I tell you what, now two or three more got with them, I might could have done something. I ain't going to be like Mr. Clinton. I wasn't going to get it in my mouth. Hallelujah. Praise God. But anyway, you know what? You, just, you and I just got to make up in our minds. But they want to feel good. 
I'll tell you who told me this, and I don't know if my mind's on him this morning all of a sudden for some reason, but Brother Cain told me this. He said, you know what they're after? Because he knew he'd been there. He said, they're after that first original high. He said, and you never, you never cannot tame it after that first. He says, that's the reason they go from one to the next and to the next. And they, they, they take the chance. You, you watch them. They're willing to take the chance of life and death for that feeling. And then we wonder, why, Lord, help me here. And then we're just going to, you know, whatever, halfway staggering here and thank God when this is the greatest feeling there is in the world. When this is the greatest high that you can have. When this is the greatest drunk that you can ever have. But I'm going to tell you something. It's cost us sometimes. Hallelujah. It's going to cost us. Hallelujah. Amen. To keep ourselves. Amen. From the world. I talked about it. And I won't call her name. I didn't have it anyway. Amen. Keep ourselves unspotted from this world. Hallelujah. I'm telling you what. We need to make up in our minds and hearts and spirit. And we need to work on the inside as well as the outside. Because I can paint an old, 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 old writing board. But you know what? It's still writing. It might look good. But it's still rotten on the inside. You know what? God's after a church is not rotten on the inside. Hallelujah. Amen. And she's not just living off of feelings and off of chill bumps, honey. But there's something inside of her that whenever she walks in the highways and the byways and she's rubbing shoulders with the devil. God said himself that I can build this church right against the gates of hell and the gates of hell shall not prevail. I tell you, we can walk up right into the gates of hell and snatch them out. Nobody else can, but I tell you, Holy Ghost, Jesus, name, people, are the naughty power God can do it. Woo! I'm telling you, seeing God bless up, nobody but a church can stop it. The government's not going to do it. The state officials are not going to do it. It's a church. It's a church of the living God. Amen. It's a church that's got to keep those lines drawn. Not only we need to keep those lines where you can see them. We need to also. That's the line. You know what else? You know what church is all about? You know what preaching is all about? Life itself and from one service to the next. That was going to do everything he can. To sow them all. Them weed seeds in your heart and your mind and your spirit. He's going to try his best to get some brush growing up. Trying to disguise where that line's at. He's going to try to muddy up the water. You ever been swimming in any old muddy water? You couldn't see? Oh, when we was boys, you know, we'd throw a quarter in the bottom, you know, go down to 12 foot of water and go down and get that quarter and come up and get it. Oh, muddy water, you can't find it. <laughs> Hallelujah, but you're getting some clear water. Hallelujah, you see your point. You know what? You can go and get it. Hallelujah, you know what? The, the, the treasure's in the field. But somebody's got to, you know what happens? You got to be willing, amen. I want the trash and the brush and anything, amen, that's, that's trying to get between me and the lines. Because I want to make sure. Hey, I, how many of you make it a habit to drive on, on either line? It don't matter if it's a white one on the edge or the yellow one in the center. I have a problem riding with folks that just, just want to ride the line. <laughs> On your side. On your side. Stay in the middle. <laughs> you can't try it on the fence. You can't try it. <laughs> Woo! 
That's what a lot of people want to do, though, honey. That's exactly what a lot of people want to do. I just want to straddle it. I just want a little bit of this and a little bit of that. When really all we need is a whole lot of church and a whole lot of Holy Ghost and a whole lot of move of God. Because you get a whole lot of move of that, it'll drive that other stuff out of here. I'm telling you, God's in this house this morning. He's already trying to lift your heaviness. He's already trying to lift that spirit. He's already, amen, trying to move on your behind. Because he loves us and he cares about And he's in the saving business. He's still in the saving business. But hear me this morning. He's not going to compromise to do it. No, I can listen to them boys and boys. Hey, man, could have told him, come on, Daddy. Why go for wood? I'm tired of going and getting go for wood. I done walked to the man. They was two of the three, the prettiest little red oaks. And they're close. We're prone to be lazy. Why do you think side by sides and four wheelers and <laughs> why do you think we got four wheel drives? Because we got tired of walking them two miles into them stands. <laughs> Most people today wouldn't like our style of hunting when we was just boys coming up. <laughs> We'd go in before dark on foot. Because all the, all the drive master says, hey, when them deer hear them vehicles coming in there and y'all slamming them doors, say they're going to get up and slip out. So we're going to slip in. Guess what? The devil don't slam doors coming in. He's a deceiver. He disguises himself. And he'll slip in. You won't even know he's come in and slip down beside you. Hey, let me the first conversation or two. You won't have a clue it's a devil. But it starts from there. And it starts some little bitty things of just a few little words. And after a while, he'll build on it. Hallelujah. And he'll, 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 he'll watch you. And he'll judge you. And he'll watch your countenance and see how much of it you believe and how much you want to respond to it. And if you're not careful, you'll even begin to like that conversation. Man, I kind of like that. Uh, I, I know what the Bible says, but... I'm sorry, maybe I should have. <laughs> what I was going to say about them hunters and fishers. <laughs> and I kind of mentioned this already, but I told them. I said, you know, it's amazing to me that we're willing to go to extremes to do these certain things. And you know what? We don't have a problem to... You know, we, we kind of sort of agree with them. We can understand that. If a man's willing to go without sleep a day or two, amen, to go hunting or fishing. If he's willing to drive three or four miles, three or four uh, hours away to have a good hunting trip. Or he's willing to drive for whatever the distance might be. But then all of a sudden... I had somebody tell me yesterday, said, you know, they, I understand this point, but on the other hand, I kept thinking too. I said, yeah, well, I'm going to tell you what, to drive the truth, I'd drive 50 miles, 100 miles. It's worth the drive because when eternity comes and you make heaven, hallelujah, it's going to be worth whatever sacrifice you and I had to make. Amen. To make it, it's going to be worth it. Whatever price we had to pay, hallelujah. But you see, we're living in a world, they can reason with that. Hallelujah. They can reason with playing ball and going to the extremes and going to those, those means, hallelujah, to do those things, accomplish those goals. But when it comes to church, a lot of times, there's a mentality, amen, that's got to hold even up America. Hallelujah. We ought not to sacrifice for church. 
church. We ought not have to sacrifice for the house of God. We ought not have to do these things, amen, for living for God. Amen. God understands and, and he, he knows I, I'm just this and I'm just, I, we understand, but I'm going to tell you something. If we want revival and we want to move of God and if we're going to make it out of here, there's going to be a people that's going to be willing to sacrifice. Hallelujah. There's going to be some people, amen, it's going to draw some lines. Hallelujah. And whatever it takes. Hallelujah. It's going to be, amen, like the Alamo. Hallelujah. Even a man, hallelujah, that was dying and couldn't fight him. But he told him, he said, he couldn't even get up and put himself across the line. He wasn't in the shape. But he told his comrades, he said, you drag me across the line. Hallelujah. You put a gun in my hand. I'll lay in this dying bed. killing over who I have to kill. We're not giving up the fight. Come on, honey. This is your church or not. Is this your church or not? Is he your savior or not? Is he your redeemer or not? Then you and I got to be willing to fight for it. Gotta be willing to fight for it until the death. We've got to be willing to fight. Because I'm telling you, the devil, the spirit of iniquity, has made its inroads even to the church. Hallelujah. But God's gonna help us. We do love you this morning, appreciate you. And I just I just feel God wants to do something for us here today. Amen. Ministering and touching and helping us along this journey. What God says is true. How many of you believe this book? How many of you believe that this is the Word of God? It is. That's a good start. If an individual don't believe that, you can't do much with them. You really can't. You can't do. You can't help them. Because they, they'll find a loophole. They'll find escape. They'll find a reason. You know, but if they believe the Word, amen, and, and open hearts and ears and eyes to what the the plan of God is and the plan of salvation. And so as we watch this and the writer begins to talk and he brings up the lesson. We go to Luke 1, 18 through 20. Zechariah said unto the angel, Wherever shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife well stricken in years. You know, this wasn't the first time this happened. <laughs> you know, even Abraham and Sarah was kind of amazed and shocked in a way. But the Bible says in Romans that he didn't stagger at the promise. And his hope wasn't within himself, but it was in the one that was given it. Are you hearing me this morning? I hope it's not in ourselves and our own feelings whether or not we're going to make I could probably take a vote this morning. How many of you believe it? Uh, without, you know, 100%, no doubt whatsoever, that, you know, that you're going to make heaven. We're all, that's right. That's the truth. Because we also all realize and recognize it could take just one blunder. Just one whatever. <laughs> if it wasn't His mercy and grace and compassion, we wouldn't even be here today. Because we know how the battle is. We know how the struggle is. You can take some of our special forces as well as they train. We still lose some. All the precautions, everything they do. Because it's their heartbeat, amen, to bring every one of them back home. And prefer to bring them home with all the limbs and full health. But how many that doesn't make it back? <laughs> Same way in living for God sometimes. It's our own minds and hearts and spirits sometimes. But thank God. This is where the grace of God is so powerful. The mercy of God. And the real key is John puts it. Amen. And he's writing to people. that's already been baptized in Jesus name. And filled with the Holy Ghost. He says if I send you have an advocate with the Father. 
Ooh, praise God. I'm glad we got one, amen, that'll fight our battles. That'll help us along the way. Because there's probably nobody in here could say, even after you got the Holy Ghost and repent and done all that stuff, that you've lived a perfect life, that you never blundered. Hallelujah. Probably couldn't get 100% in here, amen, and say, you know what? I'm going to live to the next service, amen. I'm not going to make the first blunder, buddy. I'm going to do everything perfect. Your mind raising your hand? I wouldn't either because I, I wouldn't want my spouse to know it. I wouldn't want the devil to know it. <laughs> Amen. I mean, you're setting yourself up. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. But, but watch. So as we watch Zacharias here, and, and, and you, know, you know the story. You know the situation. That, that how that she was barren. And, and now they're well stricken in age. And, and actually beyond that point. But, but guess what? They had a visitation. Now, it was a surprise to him. Zacharias, amen, is, as the priest, from my understanding, it's his course. As the Bible talks about it. Because I know I've done spent some time here. I didn't bring my watch. Uh-oh. <laughs> Sorry. Y'all just help me. Y'all, I, I mean, I, I definitely won't go away past my name anyway. Uh, but but he, he, the, that course, amen, is the role, the lot, amen, that Zachariah would play as the priest. If you go back and do a study, you can go back into Chronicles. Um, First Chronicles 24, 1, 4, and 10, David set up. He set up there what they called a 24. And so they would be like three that would go in and they would take care of these things. And they had a week and they had days and they had certain that they had to take. And so there's 24. All right. When they went into captivity, when they come back out of captivity, out of Babylon, there was only three. But it took a period of time. But then they set it back up. And so many believes, amen, that Zechariah was the eighth course when it talks about that. The eighth in the setting of men that was set up to take care of this business and so it was the lot had fell upon him amen for his time to go in and carry the the these incense amen and put it on the altar the, the that was brought off the altar the brazen altar you can never get by the brazen altar folks hallelujah that's really so important to come through that prayer room back there before you ever come in here amen if it's any way possible why you, you, you go out there to die and you, you get the burning of the holy ghost and the touch of god and it keeps from having any dead flies in the apothecary if you go back and read any of that one dead fly in the apothecary is all it took to cause it to stink now we're talking around dead animals and sacrificed animals. And it was a constant battle, amen, to keep the flies and keep all of that away. Amen. So they could bring into that holy of holies and bring and offer that incense. Hallelujah. The incense that would be drawn. Hey, brother talked about it Sunday night. Brother Phillips talked about it, amen. And how the, the wind was blowing, the smoke would go up. And, and if you watch, amen, when they pick, if you go to the Catholic church, that's what that smoke's about and the color of it and all that stuff. That's where they get some of this. Hallelujah. But, but, but thank God I've got a high priest hallelujah I, I don't have to bring a bull I don't have to bring a lamb I have to bring any of that he's already paid the price and he's not going to have to pay it again hallelujah but that's not all he's sitting in a better place hallelujah than what man made amen I don't care how beautiful the tabernacle was how beautiful the temple was hallelujah I'm telling you Jesus Christ is sitting in the heavens hallelujah interceding for you and I even this morning amen in the heavens he's interceding that you and I would be victorious and overcomers and so this is what was happening and so whenever he went in there Zachariah went in there amen and that incense to, to offer up that incense on the right hand side of that incense of the altar there stood an angel Gabriel Gabriel standing there he's going to instruct him and tell him your prayers have been heard now, we really don't know just how long they had been praying but now well stricken well up in age no doubt they prayed it hard 
back in the early days. Throughout the time when there was hope and possibilities. And, okay, they finally got to a point where. But you couldn't touch their lives. The Bible said they was blameless. That they was righteous before God. You couldn't touch them. But they didn't have any children. And that, that, was, that was an approach. That's what Elizabeth talks about. Take, it took away the approach of man. In her, in her, in her elder age now. Even to the point that the Bible says she goes and she hides for five months. She, she didn't go out in public. She didn't go out anywhere. <laughs> then Mary shows up. And so we're, we're watching prophecy. We're watching things unfold. And that's what the, the lesson, that's what it's about. It's about prophecies that are being fulfilled. And God's word as he, as he flows through and operates. And then the word that's written down. Folks, you and I can build our lives on this word right here now. <laughs> and he's going to see us through. He's going to bring us out on the other side. And, 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 but if you listen to the world, and that's what the writer talks about. He talks about you know, having a dog in his early days. And, and it died, died a week before Easter. And he goes into Sunday school teacher and he brings it to her attention. Her, and uh, how the, the, dog, the dog's going to heaven. And finally she just tells him, no, well, I don't know. Ain't no dog's going to heaven. Uh, you know what? They, <laughs> I had somebody come to Harvard store here. It's been a while. I don't tell you who it was. But they, they just believe there's going to be some up there. Because they love their little dog so much. <laughs> well, that's about what I've done to you. I mean, <laughs> okay. If you say that. <laughs> I hope I don't cross none of you if you've got your special little dogs or cats or whatever. <laughs> you work it out with God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I do know there's going to be 12 manner of fruit up there. I do know that. I know there's going to be a river of life. I know that. There's going to be golden streaks and pearly gates and stuff like that. I don't know about animals. <laughs> I just hope there ain't no mosquitoes and uh, yellow flies. And <laughs> so so you've got to be a little hesitant about what you want. <laughs> it may become a curse. <laughs> but anyway, and so... It, the little boy, he couldn't understand. He said, so he's trying to persuade her. As you go through that, and she said, why? You know, he said, I asked, why? Dogs aren't people, she said. So I answered, what's that matter? <laughs> well, dogs don't have souls, she said. Why don't they have souls, I demanded. That's, you know, that's pretty big oversight, I was thinking. Now, this is him just talking. But finally, the conversation come to the place, and she finally just told him, that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. You know what? If we're not careful, that same spirit, that same way the world looks at a lot of things, that's just the way it is. I don't mean to keep bringing this up, but I hear it, I hear it, I hear it so often. I hear it way too often. I really do. If it's their appointed time, they go no matter what. You don't know if it was their appointed time. The scriptures taught us that we can add or shorten those days. And we can do some foolish things to cause that to happen. And so that was not the appointed time. And nobody knows except God. Okay. Now the real key is just being ready. Whatever that appointment might be. Because that appointment is. 
Man, look at the difference of the dates in our cemetery right back here. Some just, I'm talking three-year-olds, four-year-olds, up into the 90s. Okay. But the, but what the lesson's about is not to have that attitude to just accept it because the world accepts it. That can be with struggles and heartaches and disappointments and things in life. And we can just say, well, that's just the way it is. There ought to be something that gets a hold of us. If you're not careful, even, even right here, we can say, well, we're just not going to get any bigger. We're not going to impact anybody else. We can just tell ourselves that nobody wants the Holy Ghost. and that Nobody wants to, to know this truth. And the beauty of it. The power of it. That's just the way it is. No. I promise you. There's somebody wants it. Somebody's hungry. Somebody's thirsty. And, and you know what it's going to take? It's folks like you and I. saying, you know what? God if you'll help me. If you'll help me Lord. When I go to Walmart. I'm not going just to get groceries. And I know we're living in a, in a time where. <laughs> But we need to, when we get up in the morning and pray, say, God, I'm going to go get groceries. I know my time's short because I want to get back and take my nap and do this and do it. <clears throat> but what we really need to do is say, God, I'm yours today. I belong to you every day. I'm going to go get them groceries. And if there's somebody there that you want me to run into, and somebody needs some help, God, I want to do it. Because this is not my time anyway. It's yours. You, you, the, you made this day and I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. And so the next time instead of running through Walmart. Oh, that's so and so. Oop. <laughs> now if the Holy Ghost says, oops, go ahead, obey it, by all means. Yeah, we're all guilty. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because we're all, everybody's pressed for time anymore. You don't believe that? You can ask these teenagers. <laughs> yeah. It's the truth. I hear it all the time. I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do that. I don't. But you spent four hours. And so here's, here's, here's the catch to all that. I want my time. <laughs> the Bible says it worked for six days. But we're glad they got back to 40 hours. And we wish we could get back to 32. It'd be better if they just sent us a check and we'd just stay at home. <laughs> What, what are you saying? I want to be about the Father's business. <laughs> and uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm praying. I'm asking God. And I got a phone call this morning. Want me to come somewhere. And I said, oh, God. And, you know, the Lord said, hmm? You want to be about my business or not? I said, okay. So anyway, we'll see what happens. He talks about the grandmother. I mean, you read the lesson. Talk about the grandmother. 
I mean, when it's your grandmother, you feel the same way. The world ought to stop. <laughs> I mean, come on. He, he talks about the, the, the tide rolling backwards and the sun and the stars singing and the trees rooping down and the, the flag going at half mast. I mean, but he went out there. But it didn't happen, did it? There is a, there is a, a spirit. And a, I mentioned this a few weeks ago. And I, I know I'm shooting around a little bit. But, but I mentioned this a few weeks ago. You know one of the biggest things I think is a problem with our country, to world, our world today? We have become so hungry for attention. Attention. Wrong. Want attention, want to be recognized, want to be seen, want to be. But again, now we got to get back in that balance, don't we? <laughs> well, I, I feel, I feel like I'm hitting some stumps right here. <laughs> Praise God! I'm gonna. Uh, has anybody ever seen them old big grinders? You know, they bring them old big grinders in here, them old big stumps. Grind them stumps down. Well, I'm asking God to help me start grinding on some stumps. I mean, when you, I, after a while, you know what? If I had one in my yard and I backed into it two or three times, you know what I'd do? I'd rent me a grinder. Or a bulldozer. Or borrow one. <laughs> I'd get rid of the stump. We had a water oak when we built our house, right? When you come off the back of our garage, you know, it's an incline. If you ever been there, you got to go up an incline. My wife hates it. You got to go up this incline and come back out of it. Well, we left a water oak, got a white oak here and a water oak right here. When you come off of that garage on our side, you better have been turning like this and moving because if you didn't, you'd hit that water oak. After about two or three years, we decided, said, you know what? That, that oak just needs to go. We, we're tired of dodging it. She had to do it a lot more than I did. Uh, and so... We got a track hole there. And we moved that now you can just come straight off. You don't even have to look if you don't want to, but you will because you, you're backing up and you're doing this. And so you're going to look. <laughs> I promise you. But uh, uh, we don't have to worry about hitting that tree anymore. So, you know what? There's some stumps that's been around for quite a while. But God's ready to. He said, I'm tired of, I'm tired of, I'm tired of them stumps. Because, see, it won't stay just a stump. A little water comes, it begins to sprout out again. It begins to stick its old head up. The writer talks about it. He says this same spirit come from the Stoics. Same spirit. It's been around a long, long, long time. This attitude is just the way it is. It is what it is. I mean, y'all remember that being said. It is what it is. Like we can't do nothing about it. Now the most of the time when we're saying that. It's things that uh, in one sense we really don't want to do anything about. But with God's help. He that can do all things. <laughs> with the help of Christ. We can do something about it. You, we, we don't have to compromise. We don't have to sin. We don't have to let the devil eat our lunch. We don't have to let stuff aggravate us. 
I'm getting there. I'm not going to let it aggravate me. I'm not going to let it frustrate me. Now that's easier said than done. If Moses got frustrated, I'm prone to get frustrated. You're prone to get frustrated. Anybody ever get frustrated? Anybody just don't like some things about, you know, and, and it just frustrates you? So one of the two things got to happen. You either got to pray that they'll quit doing it or you get victory over it. <laughs> Did you know that little things like that can slip into a church? And that little thing, you know, after a while, it just keeps building. And if you listen to the world, now I'm going to tell you, you know the reason why some apostolic churches have just... It is what it is. Ain't nothing we can do about it. Ain't nothing. It just, it just you know, it's nature, it's life. You just... That's true maybe to some things. But to some things that's not true. When it comes to salvation. When it comes to the will of God. And the anointing of God. And the purpose of God in our lives. You don't have to accept anything less than that. You can make up in your own mind and heart and spirit. I want to hear God. I want to hear the voice of God. I want you to watch what they've done. I want you to watch... Amen. As, as, for as much as many have taken in hand. Uh, I'm going to back up all the way to the first verse. Luke's writing, the physician. I want you to watch what he's done in writing here. He says, for as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order the declarations of those things which are most surely believed among us. <laughs> Even as they delivered them unto us. Which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. When you look at that first verse. This is the reason why Luke was going to write. Because he, he, he wanted to follow the eyewitnesses. He wanted to make sure that it was accurate. He wanted to make sure that it was correct. He wanted to make sure that it was the way it was supposed to be. And so when you go to Peter's, you get a better understanding of some of that because the apostle Peter comes along and he says, for we have not followed cunningly devised fables. In other words, what is he saying? We, we haven't followed something that was cleverly devised by man. He said, but, but we are following that what? When we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory. When there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now, now the lesson's on about a voice out of the wilderness. A voice that was coming as a forerunner. A prophecy that was going to be fulfilled by a man. A man that, that acts in the writer even brings it out. Receives the word of God in the wilderness. The call of God in the wilderness. We, we, we see other times and other events where Moses and different men. Were, they was in wilderness places. Isolated places. Uh, places where it wasn't a crowd. Amen. And so, well, I know you're thinking, here he goes. But, but with a pandemic that tried to isolate us. That's one reason it shouldn't have affected us probably quite as much as it should have. Because it's in wilderness. 
circumstances and these type of conditions and situations and trials. Hallelujah. That God, amen, performs some of his best. That's where he makes some of the most powerful calls upon individuals and calling them to come that voice out of the wilderness because of the experience they had with him. The encounter they had with him. And so it's no different here as we watch the writings as, as Luke talks about these writings and, and he talks about eyewitnesses in that second verse and he talks about ministers and, and, and you know what to bring something to your attention and, and I, I don't have a whole lot of time here but let me let me make mention of this eyewitness actually in the Greek is a, a word that's called autopte autopte is actually where we get autopsy yeah that's the guy that examines somebody that has died to see why they died or even to examine a certain organ to see what damage was done by disease. Eyewitnesses. Examining. I thought that was pretty interesting. And then he talks about the servants. That's what Luke's saying. He said, and servants. So I got eyewitnesses. And I've got ministers of the word. It seemed good to me also having the perfect, I had a perfect understanding of all things from the very first to write unto thee in order to the most excellent Theophilus that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast instructed. There are in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abia. And this is what it's talking about, the wife. And so I'm going to read all of that. But we see what was written here and how it's written. That's the reason we can put the confidence and the faith and the trust in what's written in this book book. It wasn't written by just any man. But I'll tell you what, holy men of God was moved upon, breathed or inspired by God, the Holy Ghost. This is not a man's book. This is a God's book to man. And so when you receive it that way and you receive the, 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 the instructions from it, you begin to really understand what's trying to unfold and what's really trying to take place. And, and so as you watch this, that's the reason the Bible talks about as eyewitnesses men and, and we become what is that one that's planted by the river you go to psalms one and he talks about that how blessed hey man that man is whenever he he's, he doesn't sit in the seat of the council of the un, of the sinner and the ungodly hey man but he he sits in the place or in the congregation to come to hear the word of god and feel the glory of god and the power of god to really begin to move and to operate into our hearts and into our lives and so as we watch some of this really begin to unfold i want to bring some things out about john the baptist that was prophesied about him when you go to malachi 3 one, it talks about him being the forerunner of nothing other but Jesus Christ himself. When you go to Malachi 4, 5, and 6, he says, Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the hearts of the fathers into the children, the hearts of the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. When you go to Matthew 11, and 13, and 14, it says that all the prophets and the laws prophesied until John, and if he will receive it, this is Elijah, which was for, was to come, for to come what is he talking about this is Jesus actually talking about this is a time that John the Baptist is actually in prison he sends the two disciples to him and so he's responding after he sends them back to tell John the Baptist amen this fiction to be beheaded amen for the gospel for the preaching for making a stand by keeping those lines where they should have been it cost him his life you, you know what I'm talking about and so when, when he, that's what he's talking about he said he came in the spirit of Elijah he fulfilled that prophecy and he goes on from that he said but they denied him they rejected him and so they they realize and understand
understand, amen, that, that the prophecy was fulfilled and that was unfolded that took place. And so when all that really begins to come together and unfolds, and I know I'm going to bypass quite a bit in this lesson just for time's sake here because I, I want to get toward the latter part of this lesson and really what has been written unto us and, and what the Lord's trying to help us with here this morning. Amen. Because you know what? I want to be saved. How about you? I want to be more grounded and established in the Word of God and truth than I have in all my born days. Why? Because of so many voices, so many opinions out there. We got access now through cell phone and even the church has got more access, amen, to be exposed to, to voices and ideals and spirits and, and we're more prone to more subject and inclined, amen, to, to be misled even among our own, amen, to what direction to take, what to, how to turn, how to do this. And so if it's ever been a time of the church and the history of the church, it's now, amen, to make sure that we're established and grounded on the sure word of God, experiencing the experiences he wants us to. That's the very reason of sin in John the Baptist. That's the very coming of the Messiah himself, amen, in the gospel itself. He came, amen, for that purpose and for that reason. And so, you know, today as we begin to look at some of this and, and he talks about some hard sayings of, of Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you something Jesus did. He had some hard sayings. He, the writer brings out about the one about the fig tree. This thing does not want to stay on this page. It's hard-headed. <laughs> All right. It's amazing what pressure can do. <clears throat> fig tree. What happened? Went to the temple. Visited the temple. Come back out. Comes back in. Going to come back to the temple the next day. There's a fig tree. He sees it from a distance. The fig tree has leaves. But he desired fruit. So he comes up and examines. There's no fruit. He curses the fig tree. Now they didn't quite understand all that. And I'm not sure if we all understand it. You know why? Five months. He was expecting fruit on a fig tree five months ahead of time. But I believe the Lord's really sending a message there. I don't want you to just have the fig leaves and the, the outwards and the looks and, and not really bearing the fruits. I tell you what, I've really been focused on something in my own personal life in the last two months especially. I want to bear all nine fruits of the Holy Ghost. I want to be alive and well and in full operation. What's this? I didn't tell my wife that. I think it was yesterday or the day before you where we was talking. She said, you know what? She said, I've really been praying the last little while that God helped me to really bear all the fruits of the Holy Ghost. I said, really? <laughs> it's a lot of focus, and, and tongues are essential. They're part of it. I'm going to tell you something. I've heard people speak in tongues. And then have a countenance afterwards that'll shoot holes through you. Something is not right. Okay? And so I want to work on if I don't have enough of Holy Ghost to bear those nine fruits in God, you fill this boy up. And whatever it takes, that's what I want to see happen. Because we want to bear those fruits.
Watch this. What is one of the, verse 3 of the fruits? Love, joy, and peace. What is everybody looking for? You can't hardly top them three right there. Love, joy, and peace. Man, it's nothing more beautiful when you have peace at home and peace in the house of God. I know we don't have peace in this world, but I'm going to tell you something. I believe there's a peace we can have with God and with one another that allows the God and the power of God that won't grieve or quench the Spirit of God or the anointing of God. So the real key is, God, I'm going to let the Holy Ghost work on me, and I'm going to work on the Holy Ghost to work on me. Because I, I understand and realize that's how it's going to happen. That's how it's going to take place. There were some hard sayings. There were some times, watch this, and he brings some of them out. He talks about how about the law of the Hebrews and the elders whenever he said, You have heard it said by those of old, but I say unto you. And we know that. Eye for an eye, two for two. But now, but now, you got to turn the other cheek and you got to do this and do that. It's, it's different. Now if they ask you to go a mile, you go two miles. Now if they get your coat and get cloak with it. It's, it's so much different in living for God. And even from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And following after Jesus Christ. And what is being instructed. And how we're being instructed. What, what is he talking about? It's the way we think. I take it to Galatians. Paul's writings and to him said. Christians start thinking different. You don't think like you once did. You don't respond to things like you did. The writer toward the end of this lesson is going to talk about that. And I'm, I'm trying to hurry. And so we, we see several times where, uh, for instance, he said they have no wine. But we know that what he said, go fill the water pots to the brim. What about Hos Hosanna? Amen. Master, rebuke these. He says, if I do, the rocks cry out. What's what he's saying? Even when you go to Philippians and Paul's writings about him, he says, Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made of himself no reputation, but took upon him what? The form of a servant. Jesus Christ himself. And was made in the likeness of men and was found in fashion as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to what? Unto the death, even the death of the cross. He was willing to die. Willing to pay that price. Pay it all. That you and I, that we can have a life. And that we can have it more abundantly. As we watch this process and this, this working, amen. If we're not careful, we'll have a tendency to just accept like the world. Accept like everybody. It is what it is. That's just the way it is. There's nothing we can do about it. But I beg the difference for you. That's what this lesson's talking about. Watch this. When John responded to Gabriel, Gabriel said, hey, he smote him. He wasn't going to be able to speak until the time of the birthing of the child because he didn't believe him as a messenger from God. 
that believe him as Gabriel. And he smote him because of your unbelief. And so whenever he moved upon him in that manner and way. Now he's coming out because the people's expecting. They're out there praying. They're looking. They're expecting. Hey, all he do is beckon with his hand. He can't speak to him. He can't. They go home. Comes time for birth. They want to name him. All the kinfolks and everybody, man, they're rejoicing. They told us that it's going to happen. They want to name him after daddy. They want to name him Zachary. They want to name him after him, Zachariah. Bring me a tablet. Got their attention. He writes down to name him John. And he's able to speak the hand of God, the power of God. The miraculous moving hand of God. My son-in-law would sent me a little clip. I thought it was a little clip. that could put it along. Brother Urshan. He gave a report of his, of his great-granddad. Some of their history. Some of when he was in Russia. Coming out of Russia. In Russia they was trying to force him. We, you can stand. I'm, I'm about through. And in Russia... They was trying to stop him from preaching. I mean, he preached this, this doctrine then in Russia. And so they kept trying to stop him, kept trying to stop him. And uh, he just kept, they'd, they'd go arrest him. Actually, they just brought him in and told him, hey, don't go preach some more. So he'd go right back out. They brought him in. Done this, I don't know, several times, he said. He wasn't real sure, I don't think, how many times. But anyway, it finally come to the point. Uh, they, they told him, said, hey. If we catch you one more time preaching, said, we're going to put you before the firing squad. Said, we're going to kill you. Said, immediately he goes right back out and goes to preaching. Said, sure enough, they come and get him. Take him, put him against the wall, blindfold him. Ask him, said, well, you got anything you want to say? He said, well, y'all mind if I pray? Said, no. You know, that's what you... So he gets to praying. He said, boy, he really gets to praying. Said it long, he's, he gets in the Holy Ghost and begins to speak in tongues and just gets carried away. And the whole time he's got, you know, he's blindfolded, so he don't know what's going on. He's, he's caught up in his prayer. Said, man, he's just praying and doing. And said, after a while, he gets, you know, he quits and just stands there. And nothing's happening. Can't hear nothing. So finally, he reaches there and pulls that blind, pulls it up. They're all gone. Said the interpreter's standing off to the side there. He says, looks over to the interpreter and says, where they at? He said, I thought you told me you couldn't speak Russian. He said, I can't. He said, well, you told them, said, if, if they shot you, that God's going to send down judgment down on them and kill every one of them in Russia. <laughs> That's where we got to get. We got to get to that point in place to preach this gospel, to witness to somebody. You see how God worked for them? God works. We have to get. How many of you like to get to a place that there's no answers? No resources. How many would rather have a million or two in a bank? Good health. Good strength. Don't matter if you're 10 or if you're 110. That's, that's what. But if everybody's like that, could there be any miracles? I mean, if we all had this perfect ideal life, 
everything was taken care of. And we wouldn't need. <laughs> and we really don't want to get there, do we? We really don't want to get to that place that we think we don't need God. But we, we struggle when places, when we, we get, find ourselves in a place, oh God, I need you. God, you're the only one that can get me out of this. Folks, I'm telling you, we're heading into that area. We're heading in that area spiritually, even in America. We headed there. And I believe it's going to take that kind of commitment, that type of dedication. And especially for the ministry. I'm, I'm blaming the ministry. The lack of the commitment of the ministry. You know why? Because I read in my Bible, the first ministers, they wouldn't even take time to wait on widows. Sure would. <laughs> so we don't have time. So we're going to be reading, praying. Said, you get you some deacons. You pick out some, some Holy Ghost filled men with wisdom. We'll let them make sure the tables are being served right. We don't have time. So I'm not going to preach something if I'm not going to practice it. So you know what we're going to try to do? We're going to start trying to spend more time. Doing what God wants us to do. Spend more time in praying. Seeking God. Because what brought the miracle. In this lesson today. No blemish. No spot. He was there. Doing everything in that priest role. Just like. I don't know how long they prayed that prayer. They may have quit praying that prayer by this time. But God, he heard it the first time they prayed it. And they stayed faithful. That blemish and without spot, they just stayed faithful. And God was able to use them. God had a different plan. That's the reason you and I have to be careful about getting frustrated. About certain prayers not being answered. Or certain desires or passions not being fulfilled. We believe in this sovereign God, don't we? We believe He can do anything. And that's the way we have to trust Him. Just like they did. They just had to trust Him. Let's pray. God, we love you this morning and appreciate you. You have spoke to our hearts, our minds, and spirits here today. We humble ourselves unto you. We humble ourselves unto your word. As you look upon each heart and soul and life that's in this house this morning, I pray, God, your hand, your voice, 
would move upon each one of us. Time is running out. We want to be used by you in Bendale, Mississippi. We want to see the revival. We want to see the mighty hand and the voice of God. Captivating our minds, our hearts and spirits. Organizing, bringing about that. We give you glory and praise and honor. You look upon each soul that's in this house this morning. You know every need that's in this house. In each one of our lives. We're praying this morning that your will could be done. As we humble and yield ourselves unto your hand and to your voice. In Jesus' name we pray. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. And uh, see you tonight, 5.30 prayer time. 4.30, I'm sure they're going to have practice. I, I didn't ask her, but I'm pretty sure. Having practice. Okay, 4.30 practice for the crowd, okay? All right. God bless you. Love and appreciate you.